Good morning, everyone. Siblings, brothers, sisters, friends. Very welcome to our Sunday service at Free Community Church. Before we start, I'd like to greet everyone a very good morning for those joining us online and on-site. Before I jump into uh, start or rush into anything, right, like, I'd like us to take time to appreciate one another. Right, the time, the effort you have taken to join us on-site and those waking up to join us online. I'd like to invite all of us to take a few moments to feel ourselves where we are, where we are seeking, to be grounded, to be connected. Scan your, maybe scan your body, your thoughts and your feelings and see and examine uh, with the question, uh, do you feel connected to yourself, to your breath, to the person beside you? Slowly, you may want to open up your eyes, look around you. How often do we greet one another with a very automatic response and just like scan and say hi, 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 hi? But I'd like to invite you, not in a creepy way, right? but in an in intentional way, look at one another. Look at one another in the eye. And ask yourself this question, how would you greet this person if you truly love and care for them? Right? So I'd like to take out this exercise, right? invite you to do this exercise. For those online, you're right, you want to do, do this whoever you are with, on the household, in your household, wherever you are, or even yourself and those online. Look around you, turn around, look them in the eye and say good morning. And if you wished, peace be with you. Peace be with you. May the peace of God be with you. Feel that connectedness. Because we are coming together as the mystical body and the physical representation manifestation of the body of Christ. And as God loved Christ, God called out to us to come and experience this communion with God, to be embraced and be loved. So may I invite all of us who are willing and able to rise and join me in preparing our hearts by responding to the call to worship. Hungry for meaning? Welcome, welcome home. Thirsty for purpose? Welcome, welcome home. Yearning for comfort? Welcome, welcome home. Burning for challenge? Welcome home. Ready for learning? Welcome home. Eager for serving? Welcome home and welcome to worship. Lord, join our hearts and our voices together with the worship team for time to encounter and worshipping our Lord.
I think we have met with some technical issues, but not to worry. I'd like to invite, um, we move on to prayer. And I'd like to invite Pastor Pauline to lead us in a time of prayer. You may be seated if you like. And will you join me in a word of prayer? God of love, source of mercy and compassion, in the midst of this time of uncertainty and war-mongering, in the midst of this time of great suffering, weave your dream for the world into the fabric of our lives. Remove the scales from our eyes and lift the indifference from our hearts so that we may see your vision, a new reign of justice and compassion that will renew the earth. Transform our lives so that we may accomplish your purpose. Anoint us with your spirit of love that we may bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim release to the captive. Give us a new urgency and a new commitment to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked and shelter the homeless. Help us to reach out to those whom no one else will touch, to accept the unacceptable, and to embrace those who may disagree with us. Surround us with your love, God. Fill us with your grace. Strengthen us for your service. And make us channels of your peace, your shalom. Empower us to respond to the call of Jesus, to deny ourselves, to take up our crosses and to follow you all the days of our lives. Amen. And now we are still experiencing uh, technical difficulties with the worship uh, videos. So what we're going to do is that we're going to move into our time of sermon and change things up a little bit. Okay, and then um, maybe if things kind of work later on, we'll go back uh, to having a time of worship through singing, okay? And this morning, we are very delighted because we have Wendy who will be delivering our sermon. And um, you want to, I want you to welcome her warmly up. And uh, yes, I'm so looking forward right, to her preaching. Okay. All right. All right. Good morning, everybody. And thank you once again for the terrifying honor of giving today's um, message. So um, while we're waiting, I guess, for the slides, or, or whatever, if we don't have slides, that's okay, too. All right, um, then uh, uh, let's, let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that we may hear your word with joy. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so uh, we won't, well, 
I don't know if we'll be using Menti today in the slides don't work, but um, actually uh, they might still be available if you go to fcc.li slash Menti, maybe, okay? If they don't, it's okay because we will not be using it until the end of the, of the end of the sermon, okay? All right, so um, Pauline introduced um, the current sermon series, Everyone, with three questions. Who are we? What kind of community are we? And what kind of community is God calling us to be? So one of the answers is that FCC, we at FCC, make up an in, a diverse and inclusive community. So we aspire to draw the circle wide, just as we sang in this video, Made for Pink Dot, years ago. So in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, okay, he described the church as follows. Right? You can have the listings, you can't see the words. For just as the body is one and has many members... And all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in the one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all made uh, to drink of the one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So Paul uses metaphor of the human body to describe how different parts of the body perform different functions. So by working together, honoring, respecting, rejoicing, and suffering together, we love and serve one another and minister to the world. So it's a really beautiful description of the community that God is calling us to be, inclusive, diverse, and united. So Paul then described more specifically some groups of people who are now included in this new community. So the Spirit moved the church to expand its core Jewish identity to include non-Jews, and this wasn't easy. Paul, Peter needed a direct vision from God, and multiple testimonies were needed to convince the Jewish Christians that the Gentiles have received the Spirit. So FCC continues the Spirit's work in our time through our commitment to inclusivity and equality. The inclusion of Gentiles is no longer an issue today. We're all Gentiles. However, um, FCC fills a niche in Singapore in that it welcomes Christians who are LGBTQ and or progressive who may not feel supported in other churches. So we hope that in time, through our many testimonies, that the larger church will recognize that we too have the Holy Spirit. Now, diversity also created problems for the early church. And Paul acknowledged the various differences and did not seek to erase them. So when the church began welcoming Gentiles, there was a dispute whether they needed to convert and adopt Jewish customs. So here, uh, while Paul and Barnabas, two slides earlier, uh, while Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you're circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. So Paul and Barnabas disagree with them, arguing vehemently. So after a lot of discussion, going back and forth, the church leadership eventually arrived at a compromise. 
So drawing the circle wide doesn't mean just including more people, but also embracing that diversity, moving with the spirit, and using wisdom, reason, and tradition to guide changes to our beliefs, worship practices, and ethics. So we recently welcomed new members into FCC, and one of the ways that we welcome new members is by making promises to each other. So the one that always struck me was this question. Will you recognize that their presence and participation will change the shape of the body and help it grow in new ways? So diversity is something that we welcome, but also something that can upset what's familiar, leading to discomfort and increasing potential for conflict. So Paul acknowledged the challenge of being a diverse community in Ephesians 4, 1-2. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. So implied in this plea was that the church was struggling, right, to get along. So our desire to be an inclusive, diverse community must be accompanied by tangible efforts to sustain our unity, especially through the practice of making and keeping peace. So as I've already established, it's very difficult to avoid conflict in a diverse community. So one of the ways that we strengthen the bonds of peace is by embracing conflicts instead of running from them. So this statement may initially seem like a contradiction, right? Isn't it enough that we just forgive and forget? Okay, listen carefully now. False peace is ignoring issues and hoping that they will go away. So often, unspoken grievances become ticking time bombs, eventually blowing up when people vent their frustration all at once and severing relationships. Or they surface as passive-aggressive words or behavior. We tiptoe around each other, carrying years of baggage, afraid of saying the wrong things, afraid of making mistakes questioning each other's motivations, suspicious and distrustful, polite but insincere, reading into people's words or behavior, and not able to take things at face value. So false peace results in fragile and unsafe relationships. Now, real peace, real peace takes courage and honesty. So when we handle conflicts well, we can be open to change, we can develop greater trust, we can be more vulnerable, we can make mistakes, we can set healthy boundaries, we can appreciate differences, we can be more creative, we can have effective ministries. Real peace results in stable and safe relationships. So I'm going to be using content from these books um, titled Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and Boundaries to help us understand how we can learn to make real peace by facing and not running away from conflicts. So both of these books were written by Christians who embrace concepts from modern psychology that align with the call to love one another. It's okay that we're different, 
As Paul wrote, not all the members of Christ's body are the same. Our different ideas, skills, abilities, and interests all contribute to enriching and enabling the functioning of a thriving church. However, as we've all probably experienced, our differences can also cause discomfort, misunderstandings, and disagreements. For example, let's say you have two people that have different visions for a ministry. So they each take a principal stance for what they believe to be in the best interests of that ministry. Both sides are able to justify their perspectives and find flaws in the other person's reasoning. Now the ministry is stuck because they cannot agree. Another example, one church leader believes that the pastor should devote more time and energy into one area while another leader believes otherwise. Pastors don't know how to respond given their limited resources. A cell group lead member still feels judged for still using Father to refer to God when praying. A worship team member feels uncomfortable about um, the policy to avoid songs about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. He believes that the music selection doesn't seem inclusive of people with traditional beliefs in the church. So it seems easier to get along if we're more similar or if someone more powerful can just tell everybody what to do, what to think. But I assert that being different is not the problem. It's our level of emotional maturity. So when, when we are in conflict, our focus should not only be on the differences, right? Who's right, who's wrong, but should be directed towards our feelings, our thoughts, and our behaviors. So some emotionally immature responses include uh, slide, uh, escalating, so such as um, verbal attacks, playing the victim, getting other people involved, making threats, uh, withdrawing, so ignoring and hoping things will go away, um, appeasing, right, but still holding a grudge, or triangling, which is when instead of A going to B to resolve a conflict, A talks to C to relieve the anxiety. And sometimes we even mistake these behaviors for making peace. So when we're escalating, we think that we're showing tough love by confronting people. When we withdraw, we think that we're being kind by letting people have their way. And when we triangle, we think that we're seeking out advice when we're just venting. We want this third person to be on our side. Or we could manage our differences in emotionally mature ways. That means that we're able to ask for what we need, want, or prefer clearly, directly, and honestly. We recognize, manage, and take responsibility for our own thoughts and feelings. We can, under stress, state our own beliefs and values without becoming adversarial. We respect others without having to change them. We give people room to make mistakes and not be perfect. We appreciate people for who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, not for what they give back. We accurately, next slide, we accurately assess our own limits, strengths, and weaknesses, and can freely discuss them with others. We're deeply in tune with our own emotional world and able to enter the feelings, needs, and concerns of others without losing ourselves. 
we have the capacity to resolve conflict maturely and negotiate solutions that consider the perspectives of others. Now, if we can aspire to and exhibit these behaviors, we can love well as a diverse, inclusive church. So why is it hard to handle our differences with emotional maturity? I think we can all recognize how we've mishandled conflicts by escalating, withdrawing, or triangling. So according to the authors of uh, one of the books, our fundamental problem is that I can't help but experience life with me at the center of my universe. With my eyes, I look out on the world. With my ears, I hear what is going on. So I can only feel, want, and experience what I'm feeling, wanting, and experiencing. This is a fair description. Being self-centered doesn't mean that we're selfish. The problem, the problem is that we become frustrated that what seems to be evident to ourselves isn't evident to others. If they can only see things from my perspective, they would see that I am right and reasonable. So the solution to our problem is learning to discover and respect the otherness of a partner, a friend, a boss, a child, a coworker, a church member, as separate, unique human beings who have just as much a right to their feelings, wants, experiences, and perspectives as I do. All right, so I'm not content to just tell you to love one another, right? Here's the vision, now go and do it, okay? I'm going to teach you how. So the rest of today's sermon will go over five skills that we can practice this very week. And as these skills become habits, we will grow in emotional maturity and become better able to handle the small conflicts before they become big ones. So these five skills are identifying triggers or allergies, listening and speaking well, check assumptions, clarify expectations, and troubleshoot boundaries. So the first skill is to identify your emotional allergies. Now, an emotional allergy is an intense reaction to something in the present that reminds us of an, of an event from our history. So we treat the person that we're currently in a relationship with as if they were someone from our past. So recently, I was on a rock climbing trip with a new friend. So while we're ordering dessert, he started yelling at the service staff for just various grievances. Now, I realized that it made me feel really uncomfortable because I was the target of verbal abuse when I was young. So witnessing the situation reminded me of how it felt to be powerless and belittled. So in those, in those situations, my natural response was to just keep quiet and appease the aggressor. So it really affected how I saw this person, and I couldn't feel safe um, anymore in that friendship. So the next time you experience tension or conflict, reflect on whether it triggered an emotional allergy. And becoming aware of these can help us separate the past from the person in front of me, and it creates space for a more, more appropriate response. Um, so the next slide. <laughs> 
So you can uh, work through these questions, and uh, I, I know that I'm not giving you a lot of time to, to read these. Um, so you know, later you can go back on, on YouTube and, and, uh, and, and take a closer look at, at what they are. Um, so you can work through these by yourself or with a trusted friend. All right, so the second skill is to listen and to speak well. So first realize that we're separate selves, right? So I can only see, feel, hear, and experience from my perspective. I cannot presume to know yours. So we need to meet in between and invite God to be with us as we seek to understand and be understood. And we do this primarily through listening and speaking. I'm going to start with listening, okay? So first, remember that it takes courage for the speaker to tell you what's bothering them. So pray that God will clear the noise from your mind so that you can listen to the other person as you would listen to God. So let the speaker uh, know that you are seeking to understand their world and their point of view. Allow the other person to speak until they complete a thought. Wait longer than you would in a casual conversation. Reflect accurately the other person's words back to them. So, you, and then, so then you can ask them, uh, was that what you meant? So when it appears that the speaker is done, ask, is there more? And finally, when they are done, ask them, of everything you have shared, what is the most important thing you want me to remember? All right, so the next part is speaking. Initiating a difficult conversation takes courage. So check that your motivation is not to vent your anger, but to strengthen the bond of peace by clearing the air instead of sweeping things under the rug. Speak in private and not over text. It's difficult to talk. If it's difficult to talk while physically together, um, even a video call will be preferable because then you can see the, person, uh, the person's face. So as a speaker, um, talk about your own thoughts and feelings, right, using I. Many of you are familiar with that. Uh, be brief, use short sentences or phrases. Correct the other person if you believe that they have missed something. Continue speaking until you feel that you've been understood. And when you don't have anything else to say, just say, that's all for now. Now, whether you are the listener or the speaker, you have the right to courteous and honorable treatment. So if the conversation turns ugly, such as one person becoming accusatory or the other person getting overly defensive, either side can call for a timeout. So you can say, I'm feeling uncomfortable with how this conversation is going right now. Let's have a break and schedule another time to continue. But please, don't just walk away or hang up. Okay, that's happened to me before. All right, pray, try again, don't give up too quickly. Now, if it's easy, Paul wouldn't be needing to ask us to make every effort, right? Make every effort to strengthen the bonds of peace. And be careful to, about uh, discussing the situation with someone else if all you want is for that person to tell you that you're right. If you do need to bring in an external party, invite someone who can mediate fairly. Okay, uh, we should be two more slides ahead. <laughs> okay, all right, so uh, number three. The third one is to check assumptions. Now, assumption is a mental creation of what I believe someone else thinks or feels. So every time I make an assumption about someone who has hurt or disappointed me without confirming it, 
I am believing my representation of that person, which may not be true. And not only is it possible that I'm believing something untrue, it is also likely that I will pass this false assumption to others. So here are some concrete steps for checking your assumptions. So first, identify what you suspect the other person thinks or feels, but hasn't told you. Okay? And then you ask them, do I have your permission to check out an assumption that I'm making? And the assumption is granted. You can say, well, I think that you're thinking, or I assume that you're feeling. And then you ask them, is this correct? And of course, follow the listening and speaking practices. Now, the good thing about checking assumptions is that often what we imagine is worse than what the person reports are their actual thoughts, feelings, or intentions. And expressing genuine interest in the other person's truth is also a sign of respect and goodwill. Okay, number four, clarifying expectations. Okay, this is one of my favorites. So we expect other people to know what we want without us saying it. For example, okay, give you some real, realistic examples. We may have these unspoken thoughts. Of course you're coming to the cell group social. We're important to you, aren't we? My pastors or cell group leaders should know that I need them to reach out to me. I shouldn't have to ask. I'm so disillusioned. I thought that getting married or moving in together would make my partner's commitment to me stronger. I have been serving this ministry for a long time. Everyone expects me to do everything. If she really cared about me, she would call me. If the church is really caring, they would notice if I stopped attending service. Expectations, right? So invalid expectations are unconscious. We have expectations that we don't even, we're not even aware of until someone disappoints us. They're unrealistic, so we become disillusioned when someone important to us isn't available at all times to meet our needs. Unspoken, we become angry with someone when our expectations are not met, but we never told them what they are. And unagreed upon, so we accuse someone of failing us, even though they never agreed on having that responsibility. So for expectations to be valid, they should be conscious, okay? So I have become aware of the expectations I have for others, right? It's the first step. Realistic. I have asked myself if my expectations of that person is realistic. They're spoken. I have spoken my expectations directly, clearly, and respectfully. And agreed upon, the other person must be aware of and agree to the expectations as their responsibility. Otherwise, it's simply a hope. So an exercise to do this week is to review your expectations of one important relationship in your life. Or you can do this the next time that you experience disappointment because someone failed to meet your expectations. Uh, slide. Um, so you can think of an expectation that you have of a partner, a friend, a coworker, a family member, a ministry partner, a volunteer, etc. So ask yourself, am I conscious of it? Is it realistic? Has it been spoken? Have they also agreed to this? And you can talk to that person. 
Or you can also think of a person who may have a unconscious, unrealistic, unspoken, or unagreed upon expectation of you. And you can talk to them and come to an agreement. Expectations are not bad, per se. When they are valid, they are expressions of love and commitment. Okay, number five, boundaries. We have healthy boundaries when we can be emotionally attached to others without losing our freedom to be apart. And when we have healthy boundaries, we're able to say appropriate yeses and nos. Slide. So Myak preached a sermon on boundaries earlier this year in July. So you can feel free to revisit that video for more on this topic. Now, to strengthen the bonds of peace, we need to set healthy boundaries. So first, it means identifying problematic patterns of behavior. So this chart names four types of behaviors that come from not being able to say no, uh, not being able to hear no, uh, not being able to say yes, and not being able to hear yes. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, yes, okay, so I made an, uh, you know, this, this chart okay, um, for you to um, help us understand a little bit more about these four behaviors. So those who can't say no, who can't hear no, they have very thin boundaries right, between themselves and others. So complying behavior includes overextending oneself, a need to be needed, or putting oneself in risky situations, right? It can't say no. Controlling behavior includes not respecting people's boundaries and needing others to be responsible for them, pulling people in, right? And they can't hear no. So people with thin boundaries tend to like cling to each other, okay? Those who can't say yes or who can't hear yes, they have very thick boundaries between themselves and others. So non-responsible behaviors, including neglecting the call to love and being overly protective of one's own time and resources. Avoidant behavior includes the inability to receive support or help or to accept gratitude or affirmation. So people with thick boundaries tend to push others away. So we exhibit different behaviors in different relationships. For instance, we may exhibit compliant behavior to a parent or a boss, but controlling behavior with a partner or a child. And unhealthy boundaries can create tension and conflict in relationships. Someone who can't say no may become resentful for always being the one doing everything. Someone who can't hear no may vent their anger on others when they perceive that their needs are not given more attention. Someone who can't say yes may just quit the relationship instead of making uh, the effort to repair it. And someone who can't hear yes may keep carrying their guilt or hurt and find it difficult to trust again. So unhealthy boundaries weaken and they fracture bonds of peace. So if you suspect that you're in a relationship where the boundaries are either too thin or too thick, you can use these questions to troubleshoot. The first is, what are the symptoms, right? Their symptoms are the feelings or thoughts that arise consistently in that relationship. The roots are uh, your personal history that you can investigate to determine why you exhibit certain behaviors. The boundary conflict refers to one of the four types of behaviors uh, from the chart. 
Uh, ownership involves identifying and assigning responsibilities. For instance, someone who exhibits compliant behavior may need to recognize what's outside of their control. And someone who exhibits controlling behavior needs to assume responsibility for their own actions. The needs are resources, advice, or accountability. Also, it's not enough to understand the problem. You need to start taking actions, right? You need to, where do we begin? For instance, if you struggle to say yes to a ministry or cell group because you're afraid of getting trapped, okay, um, you can volunteer for something that has a limited time duration. So for instance, Pastor Pauline is right now is looking for volunteers to help her plan the Christmas service, right? So once it's done, it's done, okay? You're not trapped into doing more, okay? Um, another time-limited activity is to share your skill at an after-church event. So these are some simple actions to start to say yes to the community. Now, ideally, boundaries are not set alone, but through talking with the person that you're in that relationship with to agree on these new limits. And then finally, um, continue to review and celebrate progress. All right, so to summarize the key takeaways from today, all right, so who are we? Well, we are a diverse community united as Christ's body. And since conflicts are a normal consequence of our differences, we need to learn to manage conflicts with emotional maturity. And there are five skills I share with you today that we can practice to love well. Identify your emotional allergies or triggers. Listen and speak well. Check assumptions. Clarify expectations. Troubleshoot boundaries. All right, so one mentee question for today, okay? As for you to reflect on as we close today's message. Which skill will you practice this week? In what situation or with whom? And please, no names, okay? So um, again, for, for mentee, you can go to mentee.com and you can use the code that you see on the screen. Uh, it's 3374-8785, okay, <laughs> all right, or you can go to fcc.li slash mentee, that'll take you straight to the, uh, to the question, okay, I will clarify my expectations, my partner, all oh, five skills, okay, <laughs> Okay, realizing expectation is not a bad thing. Okay, that's great. Being aware of stealth expectations, make them known. Yeah, I, I really feel like the expectations one is a, is, a, is a big one for a lot of people. Practice good listening and checking of assumptions. And by the way, all of these I can see in myself. When I was preparing this sermon, right, I'm like just so aware, became so aware of uh, what's going on in my own mind as I'm interacting with people. Uh, needing to identify triggers, clarifying expectations when people are important to me. Yeah, that's, that's really true, especially the ones that are important to you, right? Uh, listening, uh, listen without interrupting and not jump to conclusions. I have information overload, yes. <laughs> it's on YouTube, you can go back and watch it again. All right, making sure expectations are clear and agreed upon, yes. Okay, identify triggers for my shame, 
And can it be possible to scroll up? <laughs> okay. Um, let's see what else. I'm sure there are many. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, yes. Okay, so a number of you said uh, to identify the emotional allergies and triggers, not avoid uncomfortable situations. Uh, distance away from people who joke about my identity. None. I've tried them all. They don't work with a narcissist. Oh, that's very um, self-reflective. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Not overreacting when feeling attacked. Clarifying expectations. With the boys I live with who have zero housekeeping skills. All right. Yeah, that's, that, I, I like how it's very, very specific. All five skills, be more courageous. We'll think how to recenter bonds of peace as a goal if I confront about a work thing. Yeah, I, I, I do want to say something about the work thing. Um, I think that when there is a power difference between you and the person, like such as, you know, if it's a boss or if it's a parent or, you know, uh, that, that it can get tricky, okay? So, so just, just so you know, that some of these strategies may not work very well if there's a power difference between you and the person, which is why I'm really trying to address it more for our church because I know here we really strive to, you know, think of our... Uh, of, of each other as being you know, equals, right? So we have to sort of check our privilege and, uh, and, and really, you know, try to focus on that, right? But yeah, some of these strategies might be difficult to, to use if it's, um, if, if it's a power differential. Uh, check with the person you have doubts so that you won't waste time thinking about answers on yourself. Be honest and be upfront and don't suffer within yourself because it might cause more conflict, okay? Yeah, so just, just making, you know, making those assumptions known uh, instead of like trying to read people's minds or trying to guess you know, what, what people are thinking. Okay, um, thank you so much for, um, for all your great thoughts and for being patient as I give you a lot of information <laughs> about this. All right, so, um, all right, so let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Dear God, have mercy on us. We have unhealthy ways of relating that are deeply embedded. Grow us into an emotionally healthy community through the Holy Spirit's power. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy, for that actually very timely sermon. You cannot imagine how timely it is because um, this is something, being a pastor, I know a lot of things that have been going on and I, I hope that these are things that will be helpful to us. That ultimately, these skills actually come, find, find their foundation in God's love, right? That it begins from the place of God's love because we have been loved by God, and that's why we want to make every effort to strengthen that bond of peace. And we know that we are not left alone to try to do this, but that God does this with us. We do this in partnership with the Holy Spirit. And so earlier, we had some technical difficulties with worship, uh, with the slides and the videos, 
but now it's all back. Thanks to the team. Thank you so much for working so hard with our failing equipment <laughs> from time to time. Um, and I want to invite you into this space and this time of worship through singing. Because interestingly, when we do it after the sermon, it becomes our response to God, our response to hearing the Word of God. And so let this time be a time where we can respond to God together as a people of God. And if you're willing and able, please rise in body and spirit as we worship together as God's people.
Land of my will by your speed Shake my foundations till I come undone And let my walls fall to the ground Build my heart to face the sound Land on my will but yours be done Shame my foundations till I come undone And let my walls fall to the ground Build my heart to face the sound Of your voice calling me to rise from the dead I hear your voice Calling me to trust you instead I hear your voice Calling me to move out in faith I hear your voice I hear your voice I have been healed I'm whole again Our praises are right. 
It's joy. Where pain meets healing, fear meets faith, death meets resurrection, hate meets love. This the table is at the, the intersection, intersection where two lines meet. This table is a declaration that love is stronger. Love is stronger than hate, stronger than death. This table where we break bread is a table of love, the center from where love flows. This table is one of awareness, awakening, of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of salvation, of love. So with grateful hearts, we break the space of history to share in your vision of sharing your table where all are equal, all are free. We ask you to bless this bread and this cup. Through this meal, make us the body of Christ that we may join with you in promoting the well-being of all creation. Amen. Remember on the night when Jesus and the disciples had their last meal together, Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it. He gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is broken 
for you. Take and eat it, and as often as you do, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to the disciples. He said, drink this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant poured out for you and for many. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And now can I invite our lovely stewards to help us distribute the elements. If this is your first time with us, we partake of communion together. So we wait for one another to receive the elements and then at the end we will partake of it uh, as a body of Christ. And for those of you joining us online, this might be a good time for you to prepare some elements for yourself so we can partake of communion together. God bless these simple elements so that they will nourish and strengthen us in body and in spirit. Let us partake the elements together.
May I invite you to stand in body and spirit to join us in this prayer. Together, Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning and welcome once again, everyone. Siblings, brothers, sisters, friends to our Sunday service all right, of Free Community Church, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. For those of you who um, are new with us, welcome home. Those friends, new and old, all welcome home, especially those on joining us online and from overseas. Right, I'm Jimmy, your service leader for today. And if you are new with us, we would like to stay in touch with you, get to know you. Right, we would like to invite you to scan the QR code or visit us at fcc.li slash welcome and fill up the welcomers form so that we may uh, know you better. If, right, today it just happened to be a lucky day, right, your first time here with us, we'd like to invite you to our newcomers meeting happening at the end of the service, right, at a, in a room at the back of the, uh, of the church, right, immediately after service. Right, for those who, you know, if you are joining us online, you're watching in, and I missed this opportunity, right? okay, not to worry, we have a newcomers meeting organized every month, at the end, uh, last Sunday of every month. So just drop us an email at info at freecomchurch if you'd like to join, or simply fill up the form we mentioned earlier. Next, um, before we move on to the worshipping, to worshipping God through our offering and thanksgiving, I'd like to really thank Wendy for the very impactful message. It is a topic that's close to my heart, right? Because I think we all can, it, it, it does it do us as a collectively, as individual and also as a community to better pick up these skills so that we learn how to love one another better. There's always a desire to love, but the methodology, right, the skills needs to be picked up and learned or be improved. So I always feel that the first thing is actually a, a, set, um, a spirit of willingness. Right, if we're willing, uh, right, that's the good starting point. And so, thank you, Pauline, also leading us in the community. I think the whole service. I'm really very proud to say that everyone like keep kept their calm, even though we had technical issues. We had to shuffle um, the sequence a little, but everybody stay calm and uh, we don't, uh, remain in peace, connected to yourself and to one another. So, we mo as we move on to our offering and our Thanksgiving, you, if you are giving digitally, you may choose to take out a phone and scan the QR code to give, our, give, give to our general fund for paying down the operational expenses, the salary of our staff, all right, on the running of the church. 
Or if you want to contribute to the building fund, you can scan the QR code that goes down to paying the mortgage of the church. Alternatively, if you are giving by credit card, you can go to freecomchurch.give.asia whereby a 1.5% min fee will be charged for all forms of giving are welcome. So take some time for you to process the giving. To those who are giving physically by dropping check or cash, we'll pick up your we'll receive your offering all right, at the end of the prayer where the stewards will come forward to pick up the offering. Now let us take some time to center ourselves, to get into the space to connect with God through by bring to our mind and our heart things that we want to give thanks to God for. Let's come together as a community, connected as the body of Christ to pray to God. Eternal and compassionate God, we gather today under your message of being peacemakers. We are reminded of your call for us to be ambassadors of peace in a world that yearns for understanding and harmony. We thank you for the moments of serenity amidst the storms and for the quiet strength you bestow upon us to mend bridges, to forge bonds of unity. For every opportunity to be a beacon of reconciliation, we offer our gratitude. Lord, as we present our offerings today, may we serve, may they serve not as just gifts of sustenance, but as symbols of our commitment to sow seeds of peace wherever we tread. Bless them and let them be tools of your peace in our community and beyond. Inspire us to continue walking the path of peacemaking, reflecting your love and grace in every gesture, every word, every prayer. With hearts full of hope and hands extended in fellowship, all of God's children say, Amen. I'd like to invite the stewards to come forward to pick up the offering. So we move on to announcements. We have a few announcements. The first will be, today will be the last day that we will be um, doing the collection drive for the upcycling of items such as bags, apparels, and small electronic appliances. If you have not uh, dropped your items, please do so by, go, by taking a look at the, the photo of that little uh, what, the trolley there. All right, can drop it in there All right, um, by, the, by at the end of the Sunday service. Thank you. Next. Now it's still available, the coffee table book, get your copy if not done so. All right, please go to fcc.li slash fcc20book, especially if you are an international audience. We are doing worldwide shipping for a donation of $50. I believe the physical book, if you are in church, you'd like to get a copy. The contribution is about $30. Is $30. Um, I will just start, we, are, we didn't lay out on the table, but however, you can approach the pastors or the board members or any of the church staff or the church leaders express, or even your cell group leaders right, to express your intention to get a copy of the book. So do reach out to us. There are two copies. If you'd like to get a teacher copy, you can also still go to, you can go to the link we mentioned earlier, download a digital copy that is free and feel free to share it with friends and families. Next, excitingly, 
At 2 p.m. today, how many of you have signed up for the club project? Yay, I'll be there too, all right? Be a part of our future, all right? Free Community Church, we are holding the club project workshop where we, come, we are coming together for two hours to do workshopping, to envision, co-create, and build up the plans where we will be reimagining right, the space, how we can transform this sacred space to serve our community better in the next coming 13, 14, 13, 14 years. Right? We will still be in this place. So, as you can see earlier this morning, right, the things are starting to break down. All right, this is a sign from God. <laughs> I was sitting there like, hey, it's a, it's a sign, appropriate sign. We need to do workshopping and have a sense of urgency to get the house fixed. Right? So be part of this exciting project. If you have not done so, like, please, uh, I'd like to invite you to go to fcc.li slash the cloud project or simply go, I, th I think people can just turn up right at the workshop. So see you at 2 p.m. in the sanctuary. Next. Right, we have two exciting um, ACE event after church activities, right? After church engagements. So the one, the well, first activity will be crocheting. How many of you have done crocheting before? No. Oh, I see a few hands. I, in a, I'm a beneficiary of friends who does crocheting. <laughs> All right. It's very exciting. I think it's very comforting, right? It's, and it can be meditative. So come and learn crocheting skill. All right. Uh, in this work, small little workshop, right? This ACE workshop, you'll be doing a uh, crocheting uh, coaster. All right. Um, the examples are shown on the photos on the slides. All right. So you can join us on the 12th of November after church. All right. To take part in this activity. Can I have the next slide, please? Also on the 19th of November, right, it, because it's one of the series leading up to Christmas, the, if you are not into crocheting or you are into crocheting and also clear ornaments making, right, because you have like Christmas tree or you don't have Christmas tree or just want decorations or create gifts to give away, join us for the clear ornaments, right? Create clear ornaments. Um, I have no idea how it's done. It's quite exciting, actually. Right, I know you can cut out papers, but clay, wow. Okay, so if you are fascinated right, by this idea and want to find out more, hey, how is this done, join us by going to, next slide please. Alright, info at freeconchurch.org to sign up. Simply register, send us an email. Uh, for each of the workshop, because of their materials and resources needed, is uh, sorry, $8 each. Okay, so please take note, 12th November, crocheting, 19th of November, clay ornaments. Importantly, we are coming to the end of the year. All right? It's time for annual planning. It's time to take stock of where we have come so far in 2023 and then looking ahead. So please take out your phone if you have not done so. How many of you have filled up the Pulse survey? Wow, okay, less than half. Okay, so that's why I have a message. Just give me a moment. There's a message that for Pulse survey, one way people can serve the church is to show that they care. All right? Just take up to five, like about five to ten minutes to complete the power survey. We suggest that all uh, after. Okay, so just take a few minutes. All right, right now you can just take out your phone so that you know after the service as you're walking down to the the food court or the coffee shop waiting for lunch, you can complete the power survey. It will be immensely helpful for the leadership and the leaders of the church. Reason being, we come together to chart the future, the path of the church by taking stock of the health of its uh, individuals and also discerning as a community 
what are the common themes or issues that we should work on, should tackle and address, or are there op to also identify opportunities whereby as a collectively, as a community, we can take, all right? So please contribute all right, your feedback on the Pulse Survey 22.3. Last but never least, the, for this announcement, I'd like to invite Pastor Pauline to share with us Women Potluck Lunch. Thanks, Jimmy. So, um, we are going to have a woman potluck lunch uh, in December, in the beginning of December. Uh, this has been a long time coming. Um, so, we used to have uh, women's retreats and, you know, um, IWD and different special services. And the term woman came from times like this. It came from actually Jamie. So, Kin reminded me that it actually came from Jamie. So, thanks, Jamie, for that wonderful uh, term. Um, because we realized that when we were organizing women's retreats, we had other people come up to us and go like, can we join too? I mean, I'm genderqueer, is it okay? I'm non-binary, I'm transgender, will you accept us as well? And we go like, yeah, absolutely, right? But yeah, the word woman might be a little bit limiting, so we decided to come up with a new term. And this term is based on the Chinese word woman, which means we, we all together. And so if you identify as a woman, you identify as genderqueer, non-binary, transgender, whatever, all right, you're welcome. Come to have a time of fun and games and fellowship. If you feel like you're relatively new in FCC or you've just recently come back or you feel like a little bit disconnected, right, because you haven't had a chance to really fellowship and spend time with other people, uh, especially the other um, women and genderqueer, transgender folks in our midst, please come, all right? Uh, it's on the 3rd of December on Sunday from lunchtime. So you'll find more details if you scan the QR code uh, and, or you can register at fcc.ly slash ace. Um, the form will appear with some details and we hope that you can register by 19th of November if possible uh, so that we can arrange some of the logistics and the planning around this. All right? We encourage you to bring a dish you can order in as well or bring some drinks for lunch, for dessert for about three to five packs, all right? so not too much. All right, and then we're going to have a fabulous, fun time together. Don't worry, I'm, I won't be preaching, so it'll be fun, okay? So, so come, all right? We invite you to be with us. And so now, will you rise to receive the benediction? God, you are the ultimate peacemaker. You were the one who took the initiative to make peace with us. What a wonderful blessing, what a privilege, God, that you chose to love us, that you chose to reconcile us back to you. And so now, God, as your people, help us grow in our peacemaking skills. Help us grow at the abilities to listen to hold space for one another, even the difficult situations, to not be af afraid to speak up in love and to truly desire healing and reconciliation in relationships the way that you have worked in us. So now go. Go as God's peacemakers in this world that, so, that has such a dire need for peace. And may our God of peace and shalom go with you, both now and forever. Amen. 
So thank you so much for joining us for service today. Go and may our God of peace go with you. Have a blessed week ahead.